Hey guys, we are Bad Moms in Business. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. And I'm Danielle Monahan. Today, we're celebrating a special little baby. Yes, we are. Not a baby anymore. <laughs> we're celebrating our favorite two-year-old. How did that happen? That just made my stomach flip. It makes me <laughs> want to throw up. I can't believe that he's two. I can't believe it. That's not even possible. Mm-mm. It really does not seem possible. I mean, I remember hounding Brandon for updates like it was yesterday and here you know he's almost two. Oh goodness me I remember your fabulous baby shower the <gasps> yeah. awesome gifts the like little coach wristlets and things oh, it was so fun um but so today we're gonna talk about your birth story which I think a lot of moms are really interested in hearing what other people's experiences were. Mm -hmm. I know I always love that as a member of, you know, the, the bump.com and the birth story boards. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited for you to share that, but first, is there anything new and exciting going on in your lives? No, my baby's too. I I'm kind of feeling that mode for you. It's so hard. I, you know, I thought one was going to be the hard and okay. Let me, let me preface this by saying my child, my only child turned one in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of quarantine, we were not able to have a birthday party for him. And now he's turning two in the middle of a pandemic. And it's like, And our state is being hammered so hard. It is possible we get shut down again, which truly could mean that there's nothing again this year. Now, the bonus is you're currently living with family because of the transition. (laughs) So by default of you living there, at least there will be some sort of celebration that wouldn't have maybe happened. But man, oh, man. But we are taking very serious precautions. We will be having a very small get together unless things change before then. Um, But it's, you know, it's just really frustrating because I, from the second he was born, look forward, you know, have have looked forward to that one year birthday party because it's such like a big thing. I was going to do the pictures and like the whole, I mean, I was going to go all out guys. Listen, I didn't get the, um, because Brandon and I and our situation with our uh, marriage happened so quickly because of our dog, long story for another day, but like, we didn't get to do the engagement pictures. We didn't get to do like, really, (laughs) we announced it. And then basically we got married. And so we didn't have a reception that we wanted. We didn't have the wedding that we wanted or anything like that. So um, when, when he was born, when Watson was born, I was like, (laughs) I'm going all out for this kid. Like, I didn't get the traditional things that I wanted, but I get to do this. And then, of course, birth, (laughs) another idea here. So, but that's okay. But, you know, I kind of love that you're in the middle of this because I know you and many other mothers are dealing with the same thing. So you Mm -hmm. can really relate to that because – 
Bridget and I were past those milestone birthdays mm-hmm. when this happened. So yes, all of our children have now had to endure, you know, birthdays within the pandemic. But the first and second birthdays are really a big deal for the mom, especially. So, yeah. but that's why we're celebrating him and honoring him during this podcast. I'm excited to tell you guys about it. So I have notes because (laughs) I know my brain. I also wanted to get my facts straight. I had to, you know, ask my husband a couple of things because when you're in the, in the thick of it, it's easy to forget things. Uh Um, But I know my brain is very like back and forth and I didn't want to jump around (laughs) and like finish the conversation that I started 10 minutes ago and stuff. So I wanted a nice progression through this. Are you guys ready? We're ready. It's nothing super crazy. I'm sure it's a lot like other people's, but this is mine. We shall see. Our, yeah. We hope our listeners will will share their stories after you share yours. Yeah, for sure. We would love to hear that. Okay. So if you guys have not watched um, our previous podcast called Infertile Myrtle, stop this right now, go listen to that one mm-hmm. um, and then come back. So I struggled to get pregnant. It was a very long process. Um, it was, I think a little over a year again, I'm not 100% sure on, I should have like kept a diary through all of this or something, but of course that's just not what I do. So I struggled to get pregnant. I had to have a surgery, all of that kind of fun stuff. So when I got pregnant, everything went really well, um, until towards like, like 32 ish weeks, something like that. I started to swell a little bit. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't anything too alarming. I I was obviously gaining weight. So like, you know, my midwife didn't seem too, uh, too scared about it or anything. That's another side note is that I did go through a midwife. Um, so she was keeping an eye on my blood pressure and things like that. And then, um, I was, I was really starting to swell up, but I wasn't at that preeclampsia stage yet because my blood pressure hadn't spiked. Um, we'll come back to that story in a second. So, um, when I was about, so when I was 36 weeks pregnant, I started doing the red raspberry leaf tea to kind of like soften the cervix and everything. You know, if this is TMI, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of TMI in here. So just like, don't listen if this is not your jam. Um, so I started doing all of that stuff and I can't remember the exact timing of this. I think it was between like 37 and 38 weeks. Cause towards the tail end, I was going every week. So when I was in the office, she checked to see if I was dilated and she, she, I have a very high cervix also. So let's just paint that picture in there. So it's like not a super pleasant thing when she's, you know, digging to go try to find it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's, she's in there and she kind of has like a crazy look on her face. And she's like, have you had surgery before? You know, I'm not really sure what I'm, what I'm feeling right now. And she was not the person I switched OBs after I found out that I was pregnant because this midwife came highly referred to me. So my original OB, um, I also love her dearly. She was the one who did the surgery for me and it had been, you know, a year basically from the time I had started this whole process of switching over to the midwife that, you know, and she didn't have the file sitting in front of her. So I re-explained to her, yes, I had to have surgeries. I had, you know, I had a polyp and my ovaries were blocked and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, there is scar tissue covering your cervix. So she's like, you are not dilating at all. Um, and I don't know if that's because of this scar tissue or if because you haven't progressed far enough. So she's like, come back in a week. We'll check you again. 
So this must have been at 37 weeks. And so at 38 weeks, I came back in and she's like, mm, there's that scar tissue again, still not dilating. She manually dilated me to one centimeter while I was in the office. Pain level of that, because I was never manually dilated. What is the pain level of being manually dilated? I know Bridget had mentioned something yes. before, but one to 10. I'm, I'm sure it's different for everybody. It was extremely painful. We'll get more into that later. But the conversation that I had had, the last conversation in office that I had with my midwife, she said, if you can do this, you can do childbirth, no medication. So it was okay. It was pretty up there. I would, there was, there were verbal noises happening, like uncontrollable noises that I was <laughs> producing. <laughs> Meanwhile, my husband's sitting right there. Like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. I need help. Like Poor what can Brandon. I do? It was terrible. So she manually dilated me to one centimeter. A whopping so what? Um, in this timing, I had a, again, I don't remember exact dates or weeks, but I had one of the final um, uh, ultrasounds done. And I ended up having a 3D ultrasound super late because the first time, I think when I went at like 32 weeks, 34 weeks, something like that, to have the 3D ultrasound, he was flipped around and like all kinds of stuff. I had to go to like physical therapy, everything, because pretty much right at the last moment, he flipped and put his head up and it was like a whole thing. And there was movement and procedures and things like that, that I had to do to try to get him to flip back around. So we had a 3d ultrasound. And when I met with my midwife, she's like, I'm going to have to bring in the OB on this because she's like, he's very large. Um, so she's like, you know, you're fairly petite. Like I'm five, two for reference. And that's what my license says is five, two. So like <laughs> we, we small over here. So they were very concerned with me having a large child at this point that late in the game. I think he was averaging like seven pounds, something like that. And they were like, towards the end, they gained like a pound a week. So this is not something to mess around with. So um, that was also on the table. So the last week I came in, she dilated me to two centimeters manually. That was, it was just horrible. And they were like, look, like we're either going to have to induce you or we're going to have to take him by C-section. And I didn't want to do either. I went in not having a birth plan because I know that those sometimes go awry, but you have, you know, at least for me, I had an idea in my head of how I wanted this to go. I wanted to do unmedicated because I'm crazy. And I wanted to have a natural vaginal childbirth. So, um, it was a big letdown knowing that I had to be induced, but I was like, okay, it is what it is. So let me get my, my facts straight here. So I had to go in on a Saturday evening. So April 20th, I had to go in at night because they were going to start inducing me at like five in the morning or something the next morning. So on Sunday, they started to induce me. And right away, I started having contractions like right away. And so I'm pacing the halls and stuff like that. And I'm waiting for my midwife to come in. And finally I get checked um, by her and she's like, no, you're still not progressing any. And she manually dilates me to a three. So um, I'm still doing the thing. I'm going through all my, you know, the pain is definitely increasing and I'm still just pacing the halls doing my thing. Where were your contractions with the Pitocin? 
Uh, they were just right, right down right below in the stomach like, area. Right in the, the stomach okay. area. Yep. Like the lower stomach. Um, and so I'm just pacing the halls and I did that for what feels like forever. Um, <laughs> no joke. And, um, things were progressing. They kept ramping it up, trying to see if anything was going to happen after I would say six, seven hours of that. Um, she was like, my midwife was like, let's try and see if we can break your water. Like, let's see if that will get things going. So again, that whole, you know, that hook thing goes up in there and guys. So again, TMI. Okay. We're all friends here. This is fine. This is a safe space. That's right. I had no idea how much fluid a person could contain. So much. Literally. So the way that I had to do it and the way that she had to try to position herself, I had to ball up my fists and put them up under my butt and like kind of tilt my, my pelvis backwards so she could get up in there. And I, so I had my fists under my butt like this and (laughs) (laughs) this amount of water guys filled up the entire bed and started overflowing. So meanwhile, I'm having my fist down here and it's, I have water completely covering my hand. <laughs> it's, it's a puddle. It's like pushing it down. So it's creating pools. <laughs> it's just, it was terrible. The sound, the audible sound. No way. It was making hitting the floor sounded like a freaking waterfall. <laughs> my midwife had been doing this at the time for 24 years. And after all of this was over, she was like, I have never seen so much fluid in my entire life. You said you were swollen. (laughs) I was so swollen. It was crazy. The amount of water. And then, so what I'm doing is, you know, they, they put me on like the birthing ball and I'm bouncing and I'm doing all of these things. The second she breaks my water, these contractions go from an eight to like an 88. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Um, so I'm sitting on, on this bouncing ball and I'm having these just awful contractions. And every single time I have a contraction, there's another wave <laughs> of water coming out of me. It was so obnoxious. I was so angry in this moment. Let me also share another story with you. This is not so funny of a story, but at the same exact time that I was in the hospital, um, my grandfather was admitted to the hospital. He had had an elective surgery the Friday before. So just a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And he happened to be in the ICU in the same hospital, which is the same floor as the the birthing unit at the hospital I was at. And so my mom is having to bounce back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so these contractions are terrible. Brandon had gone home to check on the dogs because we had had my, my brother, Sam, Hi, Sam, if you're at all listening to this, which I don't know if he does, uh, but he was staying with our dogs um, the the nights prior. And so he came uh, to relieve him for a little bit and let the dogs out and stuff. He went home and I call my mom and I called Brandon and I was like, you guys have to get back here because something has to be happening. This, they cannot have this much pain for nothing to be happening. And so the midwife comes back in before they both get back. And she's like, okay, I'm going to check you again. And at this point I had been having, um, these 88, you know, level contractions, probably just like 20 minutes or so, but they were intense. And I was like, okay, 
things are happening. I know that this is it. And she checked me and she's like, you're still at a three. And I was like, no, this can't be happening. Hard words. I can't go through all of this for the next, (laughs) you know, forever. Maybe a four. Right. No joke. I was like, no, this, this isn't real. And so at that point we started to have the conversation about getting an epidural because she was like, your body is fighting against itself. Because what I had was basically this ring of scar tissue around my cervix that every single time I had a contraction, the scar tissue was hanging on for dear life. And she was like, it needs to snap. (laughs) That's essentially what needs to happen. And so with much sadness, I, but I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. Can't do this for the next, you know, 24 hours or however long it's going to take. So I agreed to get the epidural and, um, I also have a tiny bit of scoliosis. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's just a little bit. I've been told this for a very long time. I've been to see chiropractors and stuff like Instantly that. Instantly made me want to straighten up from my I position. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have a hunchback. <laughs> Shoulders back, stomach in. <laughs> so my midwife is a very, very, very funny person. And when she got serious with me, so she was there with me while I was getting the epidural and she's like, you need to focus. You're going to have a contraction in the middle of this. You cannot move. And she basically like bear hugged me and like talked me through it. She was amazing for like this goofball person to just like zero in and help me focus. Oh my gosh. I could not have done this without her. I'm getting goosebumps. I love her so much. I had two contractions during the epidural. Um, It was awful to not move. I did not feel the epidural because I was just like focusing. Oh, so you didn't much. feel the epidural? Did not feel so the epidural. Let me ask, how often were your contractions? They were like every two to three minutes. Mm. It took that long to get your epidural? Well, so I had, I have the scoliosis. I got the scoliosis. So they had to stick me twice. Oof. The first okay. time he okay. did it, he was like, oh, you got a touch of scoliosis here. And then had to pull things back out and then kind of. I don't know what he does. Don't want to know what he does. The weirdest feeling is feeling that thread go down your spine. It doesn't hurt, but it's like, it's, it's so weird. I didn't feel it going in. I felt it coming out. Yeah, that was, that was my weirdness with that. So, um, finally they got it in. I felt the relief instantaneously. It was amazing. So from what I understand about epidurals is they don't, um, they don't take away your sensation to feel they take away the pain receptors. So like you can still, I could still feel contractions and feel it happening, but there was no pain associated with it. I could just feel like pressure tightening and things like that. Sure. Okay. So let me make sure I'm not missing anything. <laughs> okay. So I find I know, see, I'm doing Okay. So I was finally able to get some sleep. My family was there. So my mom and her boyfriend, Chris, which they've been together for a hundred years. He's basically my dad. Um, And then Brandon's mom all stayed the night with us that night, that Sunday night, we were all resting. Brandon and I was in the room and they gave us some privacy. And there was like a family room that there was like couches and beds and stuff like that and snacks. And so they went and stayed there (laughs) and I was sleeping on and off. I was more watching friends than anything, but it was nice to just like relax for a little bit. Sure. And, um, 
you know, I had been, they had like that weird peanut ball and stuff like that. So I was being flapped on sides and things like that, giving me different ways to, to contract into labor. Um, but at about two, two thirty in the morning, I was woken up and Brandon was very woken up by a shrill scream. So I had basically the floor to myself because Sunday was Easter. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. Nobody has elective anything sure. on, on a holiday. And that's just when my, my, my whole, you know, OB and midwife team decided that I needed to be induced because I was the following week was my actual due date. And they were like, no, we have to take him the sooner, the better. He can't go full term because he's going to be massive. So, um, the, I, we all woke up to this scream. I had the floor to myself, but this lady came in. <laughs> clearly too late. Like, oh, no. She was in the thick of it. Oh, she was legitimately pushing as they're wheeling her to her room. And I'm not kidding you. 10 minutes after I first heard her, I heard a baby cry. <laughs> like it was that fast. And oh, so wow. here I am, this new mom, like 24 hours in all right. <laughs> right. I was like, oh my gosh what she was screaming so bad. I'd never heard somebody give birth before. I've never seen somebody give birth before. I like avoided all of those videos on the internet, my whole pregnancy. Cause I was like, I don't need to know this. And to actually hear it in real life, I was like, no, mm -mm. he's going to stay in there forever. This is not happening to me. I can't do this. My family in that other room heard screaming and came rushing into the room because they thought it was me because they knew that I was the only person there. It was horrifying. Okay. So the next morning, um, we, uh, you know, I got checked very at various times and I think I want to say it was, Oh, I'm missing a very crucial point. See, this is why I have the notes. I didn't think about this part. So right after she broke my water, right after I got the epidural, immediately following that epidural, she laid me back down because she was like, I need to get at your cervix. And again, couldn't feel the pain, but you could still feel what was yeah. happening. <laughs> and I felt a, a, like a very weird snap. You could almost hear it. It was that so needed to snap. She did. And I went from a three to a seven. Oh my gosh. Just oh. from that, like scar Just tissue going that. poof. Mm-hmm. She wasn't was lying then. She knew what crazy. she was talking about. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Oh, it felt wow. so, so weird. And so um, I kept getting checked. I was staying, you know, I was escalating just like a little bit. I would go from like that seven to a seven and a half and blah, blah, blah. By morning, I was at a nine and a half. And then I stalled. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything for hours. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so let's see. Oh, yeah. So then my epidural started to wear off. Oh. Um, so I had had the epidural for a couple, I don't even know how many hours at this point. And, um, you know, you have the little bag thing. Well, the, um, the anesthesiologist was in an emergency surgery. I can't remember if it was like pregnancy related or if it was something else, but there was only one on staff for the entire hospital. He was busy. So my epidural wore off contractions started coming back, contractions started coming back. And then they were like, all right, there's no time for, for anything else. Like, this is it. This is, this what, is was, time. what was the pain like compared to pre, I mean, 88, what was it mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. it was wearing off? Was it tolerable, just painful, but not at that same level? 
Yes and no. So it started off, it, I feel like it wore off slowly. So like mm-hmm. the first couple of contractions, I was like, <laughs> I feel that. Why, why am I feeling it like that? Like I shouldn't be feeling it like that. And then it slowly escalated mm-hmm. to the point where I started to shake really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, this is your transition phase. You oh. know, this is your body that's like prepping to deliver this baby. I started throwing up a lot mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to have anything except for water or like, I think they allowed me like jello or something like that because mm-hmm. it had been so long since I ate anything. But um, I was throwing up everything like family's coming in to see me and I'm just like <laughs> continuously throwing up and like shaking like a leaf. It was so crazy. And so it, it eventually wore off to nothing. I have no idea if that's true, but I felt everything. And they're like, okay, it's time to push. I was like, oh, crap, bring the guy back. (laughs) So, um, I started to push, I pushed for, um, an hour and a half. Mm. It's Mm. weird. It felt like 10 minutes looking back at it, Really, but in the moment it felt like four days. (laughs) It was so terrible. Um, the noises that I was making, I felt like couldn't possibly be (laughs) coming out of my body. It was like, almost like somebody else, like that lady going down the hallway. Like that was just her that was making those noises. It was embarrassing looking back at it, but like, I just had to do my thing. Um, I had a very small uh, team in the, in the room. My mom and Brandon was in the room and then it was just the midwife. And I think she had two nurses with her and it was a very, um, I think it would have been a very pleasant thing had I had some sort of pain medication. My other um, side note to that was I did not want any other pain medication Mm -hmm. outside of the epidural. I know you can do some other things, family history and stuff. Didn't want to touch any other medication besides the epidural. So um, that was the only option for me. So like when the epidural wore off, I was like, okay, I guess this is just it. Um, So we pushed for a long time. They had me push in very weird ways. I was um, on my side for a while and they were like holding one of my legs up. I um, was <laughs> one of the nurses was like, okay, grab a hold of this sheet. I'm going to take the other side. And when you feel a contraction, you have to push, you pull against that. Sure. And I was like, okay, so I did that. And I basically like ripped her arm out of tag and she's like, I'm going to tie it to the end of your bed. Like, I don't need to hold it. It's fine. I'm just going to be here. To <laughs> Our mighty little, strong little Danielle Hi. over here. Thank you. Um, I got very angry at everybody (laughs) as to be expected. So um, I had brought a little picture of um, one of the 3D ultrasounds of Watson to help me like motivate me. I was trying to do a bunch of like Zen stuff before I (laughs) delivered, hoping it would help me get through it. It did not, but it, it did. It really like at certain points, not at every point, but like, especially in the beginning of pushing, having that to kind of look at Mm -hmm. Brandon would like continuously, like in between contractions, show it to me just so little face. Mm -hmm. And, um, that really did help for a little bit. And then that wore off very quickly. I got really mad (laughs) at my mom. I told her to shut up or something. I don't know. Like, I just didn't want anybody talking to me. I didn't need anybody saying you can do it. Come on. Like I just Mm -hmm. stop. This is focus, focus mode. Um, and then finally it happened. He came out. Oh, I do know that I snapped at my midwife at one point too. Cause she asked me if I wanted a mirror. I'm not about that life either. <laughs> I don't need to see what's going on. Although in retrospect, I think it probably would have helped, helped you see a little progress, bit for sure. Yeah. 
I could say I, that. I, that was because I was yelling at everybody. People stopped giving me progress. It was the wrong time to ask you. Hmm? It was the wrong time to ask yes, you. Exactly. I probably would have said no anyways, but now I feel like mm-hmm. I would know enough to say yes, if sure. that makes sense. Totally. Um, but yeah, so they stopped giving me progress updates. So like, I didn't know when he was crowning. I didn't know. Sure. I didn't know anything. And then, so finally he came out and they, I was going to do the delayed cord clamping and, um, the skin to skin. And so they put him directly up on my chest and it was like, I could breathe. And then all of a sudden they were like, dad, get over here. We're, you know, come cut this cord. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like it it hasn't been enough time. And then all of a sudden there was 400 people in the room. I mean, everybody (laughs) on the nursing staff, I felt like was immediately in my room. And they ripped him off my chest as soon as they, they did it and they rushed him away. He was 100% blue. Um, he was not crying. He was not breathing whatsoever. And so it terrified me to no end. My mom ended up leaving my side and there was like this little corner thing. And she went around the corner and was basically sobbing. And I can remember thinking, no, I can't have gone through all of this. I can't have gone through forever getting pregnant, you know, trying to get pregnant. I can't, I can't go through all of this for nothing. It's I'm not, I'm not taking no for an answer. Meanwhile, I'm still sitting on the bed. I'm still having contractions because my placenta is still up inside and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm yelling at Brandon. I'm like, go, just go be with him. And he just basically had to go like stand in the middle of the room because there's 400 nurses around yeah. Watson. Like there's nothing that he could do, but I was like, no, you just have to go be with him and make sure that he's okay. And none of us can remember how long it was. Mm. I want to say it, it couldn't have been more than a minute or two, but it literally felt like four hours. I was going to say it probably felt like eternity. It was oh. the scariest moment of my life. Mm-hmm. And I can remember at one point my mom came back to me and she was still crying a little bit, but like she had, she had gathered herself back together and um, she was like, he's fine. He's fine. And in I'm looking at my mom, like, okay, yes, he's fine. Like I can sit here and relax and, and do my thing. But afterwards she was like I had no idea I just needed to be able to tell you that <laughs> so because sure. you were freaking out um so that was just absolutely the scariest moment of my oh. life but then he was back on my chest and he was perfect he was so sweet and mm. we did skin to skin for an hour and then I tried to nurse him that's a whole other story <laughs> <laughs> oh and then um so uh, I'll fast forward a little bit. Um, after I went home the following day, he, uh, my, my blood pressure had kind of creeped up a little bit, but again, wasn't like preeclampsia status during this whole pregnancy and labor and stuff like that. So nobody was super worried about it. And then when I got home, I think it was the next day I was laying down and I felt the craziest headache I've ever felt my entire life and that I could feel my heartbeat shooting up and I felt it right here in my head, like just over to the left side, every single time my heartbeat, it felt like the side of my head was going to explode. And I sat up and I was like, Ooh, I think, I think my blood pressure is high or something. I feel really weird. Like I kind of felt a little lightheaded and stuff. And, um, Oh, so during my pregnancy, as it started to creep up, she recommended for me to get a blood pressure cuff 
um, and monitor it myself since I wasn't at this point, I was coming in every two weeks and then once a week. And she was like, just keep an eye on it in case it starts getting too high. And I checked it and it was like 200 over 100, something like that. I, it was like slightly less than that. And I was terrified. Like I know bad things can happen when your blood pressure gets up that high. So I ended up getting diagnosed with, I think it was considered post eclampsia, Mm. which we have since figured out. I never thought to tell anybody I have typically pretty low blood pressure. Mm. And, um, when it started to creep up into like the one twenties and then the one thirties, that's essentially like 140 for me. So I probably would have been diagnosed with preeclampsia, which is probably why I was swelling so much and retaining all of that fluid and everything else. And I'm very glad that nothing happened because I know that a lot of bad things can happen for a mom and baby when that happens. Um, but yeah, so that's my story in a nutshell and not so much a nutshell. Wait, what happened though, when your blood pressure was that high and you were, um, so I, an ambulance, no, we did not call the ambulance. My, um, when it happened, it was like, 8 30 in the morning, something like that. And they were opening at 8 30 and they were like, come right in. And I had to be put on a blood pressure medication to, to bring it down. Mm. How long of a period was that? Was that just a temporary thing pretty quickly yes, as your I body was, adjusted? I was on that medication, I think for like a month. That's not bad. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was scary though. Oh, of course. Of scary. course. That's really yeah. scary. I have to just think, and I'd love for you to ask your mom at some point, like when she basically lied to you when she didn't even know, like mm-hmm. she was looking at her child, yeah, you know, that you were so concerned about your child, but she's looking at you, your, her child, like mm-hmm. what was going through her mind? I can't even imagine. I honestly, I can't mm-hmm. either. So, um, side note about like my grandfather and stuff. So he had that elective surgery on Friday and was pretty much immediately put in ICU because he flatlined in the middle of the surgery and everything. Um, So my mom was bouncing back and forth between like her immediate family and then me hanging out over in the ICU and coming back and forth. And um, it was pretty much at the same time that I was delivering Watson that they were kind of giving my family the bad news about my grandfather. And so I think because I got... I was so exhausted. I was so like almost delirious a little bit. Like uh, when I'm looking at her and I'm still seeing that she's crying and she's telling me like Watson's fine. I can remember looking at her and grabbing her hand and being like, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. Because to me, she said, because she's losing her father. Mm -hmm. And it was like this whole like weird thing. So everything my mom was going through, that was a very like roller coaster of a couple of days for her. I can't even imagine how she handled all of that because I don't think that I would have handled it nearly with as much grace as she did. Mm. You don't know until you're in that situation, how you're going to react, you know, and I I don't think that that's a common situation that people find themselves in. Right. Um, But gosh, what a story. Yeah. Mm. But we have a Watson. I say we because, you know. He's ours. <laughs> he's ours too. He's part of Bad Mom's family. <laughs> and he's so perfect and he's so smart and he's so, so smart. Big. It's, and 
He's so too. I just he can't is. believe that this is a story that's two years old, Danielle. It doesn't right. make sense. Mm-mm. It was very and- hard to remember like dates or sure. numbers and stuff. Like it was, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I remember it like it happened yesterday, yeah. but also I've blocked so much of it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I know that so many people have had it so much worse. I get that, but it was so, I don't even know. It was so like traumatic for me at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I can remember being in the hospital. So they had transferred me to a different room after, you know, everything calmed down and, and everything kind of came back to normal. Um, They transferred me to a different room for recovery and which I didn't remember that part until I started writing all of this down. Um, and I can remember talking to the nurse, like I have never been happier. I was deliriously happy. I loved him so much. I've never felt anything like that in the whole world. And I was like, I don't understand how people can be sad ever in this moment. And then I got home and the anxiety and my hormones and everything. It was Oh my gosh. I can almost like feel the moment that it happened. It was crazy. Postpartum is no joke. No. And I didn't have, I would not consider it depression. Although I don't know exactly how anybody would describe it. I would call it severe, severe anxiety. And it just hasn't gone away since. (laughs) Well, I mean, postpartum anxiety is real. Um, and diagnosable. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember with Aaron going to his first appointment and they asked me a question about him and I just started crying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh yeah. They were like, how, you know, how, whatever they asked me. And I was like, oh. because yeah, your hormones are jacked up. Yeah. Oh my you God. You go from hormones up here and they like slowly increase over nine, 10 months. And then all of a sudden they plummet. your body's like, you're not pregnant anymore. We don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Poor Brandon. I have no idea how he did it. I cried nonstop forever. I cried because I loved Watson so much. I cried because <laughs> I wasn't producing enough milk. Like <laughs> I was stressing so much about, Oh, that's another story. Uh, so much about like his weight and was he eating enough? And oh my gosh, is he blinking enough? Like I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I Googled everything. My family was like, give me your phone. You're done. Mm-hmm. So this huge child that they told me that I was going to have. Okay. This huge child was seven pounds, 13 and a half ounces. So not a small baby. A healthy, but baby. not the 10, 11 pound baby that I was being told I was going to have, mm-hmm. but he was 22 inches long, which they were, when, from my understanding of it, when they look at the ultrasounds, they're looking at the length and then figuring out what the average, like density would be around that length. He was a very long baby for somebody my size. He's basically all curled up in there. So he was a very long baby, but not a huge 10 pound child. Like they told me that he was going to be. And he was born at 1227 in the afternoon on the 22nd, on April 22nd, which was the day after Easter, which was a Monday. Which is the day this podcast will be published. Oh, I just love him so So much. The day people are listening to this for the first time will be our sweet Watson's second birthday. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. 
our sweet smart, <sighs> smart, smart Watson. He One is. last TMI thing. Oh, let's bring it. it. I also tore, but I had internal tears also, whatever oh, that means. Yes. Don't know what that means, but they were down there for a very long time yes. trying to figure out what to do. It was alarming. Could you feel that? Or at that point, you just didn't even care. (laughs) Um, I made sure to remind them that I, there was no epidural coursing through me. And so I did feel the shot. I do remember that. But they did give you a shot. Good for you for being vocal saying. I I had to. Oh my gosh. I'm going to feel this. I'm sure they would have remembered anyways, because I screamed the whole time for prior to that. But at that point, when uh, when they started being able to suture me up and stuff, Watson was back on my chest. So do, do with what you will. I feel like they absolutely 100% did not give me a shot because nope, they couldn't have. And my epidural, not that this is about me whatsoever, but my epidural failed the entire time on my left side. So even though I had it, I could still feel everything on that side. No. I didn't even think to tell them, like, my epidural's gone. Help me. Oh. So for those listening who might be with child for the first time or each pregnancy is different, you know, so know that that's something that you need to advocate for yourself. Like, hey take care of that before you take care of that. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Wink, wink. (laughs) Mm. Oh, Oh my goodness. Well, that's, that's a story. That is a story. So you went in, so you went in, so how long were you actually in labor? So they induced you Sunday, which was Easter Sunday at, yes, in the evening. They, no, they started me at like, 5, 5.30 in the morning. Sunday morning? Sunday. Sunday morning. Okay, okay. I had to go in Saturday night. They induced me Sunday morning, and then I labored until Monday. You know, so a full 24 hours before stuff yeah. really started pushing. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> nice it, I, I truly believe that I made the right decision because I don't know that I could have handled the pain associated with the snapping of the fair, fair Gosh. scar tissue. Yeah. So. Well, and I am sure you are not alone with having that type of right? baggage in there that causes problems because so many women have so many different types of procedures in that area. I was, I was never once warned of that. Nobody ever said anything about it. I I don't know. I was very shocked. I had no clue. And they go basically what you said from three to seven, like boom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Danielle, if you, um, if you guys do have a second child, have they said whether or not that scar tissue will build back up and this will be another issue? That is a good question. So we're not sure 100%. Um, my midwife, I asked her that pretty much right after mm-hmm. I was like, is this ever going to happen again? And she was like, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so good. I haven't been checked since then. So. Well, and, and <laughs> yeah. knowing ahead of time that this could cause an yes. issue if there were, you know, to be another labor, it's a little different than being caught off guard about it. Yes. Absolutely. Now yeah. I know what I'm in for. Yeah. And you the- know, to get that epidural hours before. <laughs> 
I'm just like, if I was going to do it, I would have done it right away. Of course. You know, for the ladies listening who might be with child or (laughs) whatever the case may be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, more power to you if you do it naturally. Of course. Of course. But if you know, you're most likely going to need it at a certain point, like Mm -hmm. why suffer like for no reason when Mm -hmm. the outcome to have it is going to be the same at the end of the day. Oh, no. You know, what's funny too, is, um, one of my best friends in the whole world, she lives in Nebraska. Hi, Beth. Um, we got pregnant very, very, very close together. So Watson's actual due date was April 26th and her daughter's due date birthday was May 1st. So we were literally four days apart with our due dates and we had very similar stories the whole time. Like she had the swelling. She had, she was diagnosed with post eclampsia kind of thing. I actually may, I might have that wrong. She, she ended up delivering a month before me. Wow. (laughs) And and I think it had to do with her uh, eclampsia. And I, I don't know, I'd have to re-ask her about it, but it was very funny. Like even our birth stories and everything were like so similar all the way through when we were like comparing notes. It was very weird. That's interesting. Uh, well, Danielle, thank you for, oh, what's, what's going on over there, Amanda? Marcus just walked in and I Uh-oh. said, we're going to podcast, be quiet. Ah. Oh, he's well, I think, I think that's what like great... Brandon did the other day, but he's knocking everything down as he's trying to be quiet. Oh, no. Come wow. say hi. <laughs> I think this is an excellent way to wrap it up then. Um <laughs> happy 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 birthday watson we love you so much and um we would love to hear your birth stories too if you want to share them with us that's kind of the fun part about being a mom right and being on the other side of that is like sharing our war stories yes our war stories exactly um so oh thanks again for sharing that we just love him Mm. and um we'll see you next week bye everyone Bye, bye